Hi there. Welcome to Finding Space with Alex Tyson, the show that celebrates the everyday legends who put in the hard work to become who they want to be and live the life they want to live. For people who understand that when we practice compassion and find wisdom within ourselves, we find success and happiness. Join me in hearing amazing stories from everyday individuals who have found incredible personal and professional growth through varied and, at times, wild methods of self-improvement and self-responsibility, and through their unique perspectives and work, have gone on to better the lives of those around them. From nurturing health to growing your wealth, or enjoying the present to crafting your future, no aspect of life is off-topic. Hey guys, and welcome to Finding Space with Alex Tyson. So this is an English-speaking podcast for those who can speak or at least understand English. But what if I asked you, possiamo parlare italiano? You may not speak Italian, and if I recorded the rest of this podcast in Italian, it might not be so helpful for you, right? But what if what I had to say in Italian was actually exactly what you've been needing to hear? Something that would completely change your outlook on life or something you're working on at the moment. If I spoke in Italian, you would miss it. Listening to our body is no different. Our body is talking to us every single day. It's just we don't know how to speak the language of the body. Pains, stomach gurgles, tiredness, feeling motivated, our energy levels, muscle soreness, ligament problems, hearing problems. These are all examples of our body trying to communicate with us. If only we knew how to listen. In today's interview, we explore how we can tune into the body and learn to listen and understand the language of the body. Today, I'm speaking with Ines Sagal. Ines Sagal is an author, healer, international speaker, and wisdom educator based in Queensland, Australia. Ines helps us understand the language of the body and tap into our own innate wisdom to unlock our true potential. In today's interview, we explore how to listen and understand the body, how to better follow our intuition to uncover past traumas that we may be holding onto, and how to clear them. We discuss past lives, and use a few examples to help understand how different parts of the body are related to different challenges and traumas we may experience in life, and how to heal these areas of ourselves. This episode of Finding Space with Alex Tyson is brought to you by Found Space. Make your home a place of wellness to live a long and healthy life. Visit foundspace.com.au for more information. And so I give you Inner Sagal. Ina Sagal, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It is an absolute pleasure to have you here. Thank you, Alex. Lovely to be with you. Yeah, I, uh, I've been excited to have you on. I remember I first came across you quite a few years ago at a, a health event of um, Tyler Tolman's and he was talking about this book, this amazing book called uh, The Secret Language of the Body. I may have misquoted that. Um, <laughs> something along those lines. And, um, or maybe it was The Secret Language of Wellness. Yeah. It was one of your two kind of first books, I believe. And he was talking about the emotion, like he was talking about physical parts on the body uh, and how there's certain emotions that are connected with those parts of the body. And I just remember being like, what are you talking about, man? Like it was such a new thing for me. Um, so I went and bought your book and had my mind blown, <laughs> um, and really started to learn a lot. And so I guess when I try and explain that to people, sometimes, um, I, I see that it can be a hard thing for them to grasp. And so my question to you is like, how do you explain what you do, uh, 
to other people when they say like, what it is that you do, you know, how do you explain to them um, what you do? It's funny, Alex, because I kind of explain it really based either on the person or the group of people that I'm talking to. So I like to use their language. So um, some, I remember once talking to a detective and he, you know, he didn't like wishy-washy things as he told me. And so he said to me, what do you do? And I said to him, I'm a detective like you. Just I detect what the thoughts, emotions, experiences, um energies are inside a particular part of your body and they tell me a story I create a map right and that map create you know gives me a story of what's happened where the person's at where they've been why they are why they have the challenge they have that they're dealing with you know and um the body never lies and even when I say the body, what I really mean is the soul, you know. So I literally tune in to the soul that shows me exactly what's happening in the person's internal being, you know, if I want to make it the most accurate, you know, description of it. So, mm. you know, how they feel about themselves, how they feel about life, how they feel about the world. It, it's all revealed. It's all in there. And that's why uh, when people try to lie, it's very obvious, right? You know, they, they, they can't actually. And one of my interesting experiences with that was actually in France when I used to teach there a lot. And um, I was actually tuning into people to make a video of how I was doing it, you know. And I'd often start with a nervous system and then kind of go to wherever their inner being wanted to show me, you know, and then I'd describe it to them and I'd go, you know, you've got something going on in your throat, you know, and um, this is the colour, this is the word, or this is the feeling that I'm getting and so on, or this is the image that I'm getting, does that make sense to you? And then their soul or their body, you know, their inner being, will show me the next image and the next image and the next image. And so then I would understand and get this full picture. And there was a lady there and when I tuned into her and, you know, it was about nine o'clock at night by that stage. And I, when I tuned into her, I actually saw in her nervous system a lot of trauma, a lot of abuse that had not been processed or transformed or, you know, released. And I said that to her and she looked at me and she said, no, you're wrong. And uh, because we couldn't speak the same language in a way because uh, I didn't speak French and I had a translator, mm. she ended up, um, you know, she just kept denying it and denying it. And finally her best friend who was there came up to her and said, why are you lying? And she said, well, because, you know, in a can't see that because I've already dealt with it. And, <laughs> you know, and I was like, well, if you dealt with it, I wouldn't see it, but I am seeing it. And he said, you know, come on, you know, I've been there when your ex-partner has abused you and has done this and that and the other. And it was really interesting because even if a person denies it to their own self, it still shows up, mm -hmm. right? So what, we're, what I'm really teaching people and what I share with people and what I do is how do we befriend our own body and soul and understand it and understand this language and through it, start to change both our thinking, our feeling, and our actions through our will. Oh, yeah, this is good. That's 
that's powerful. I mean, how if we take a step back for a second, how did you start to be able to 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 tap into first of all other people, but I imagine maybe firstly yourself? Like, when did this all kind of start for you, and you realize that this was something that you were quite tuned into? Well, it's quite interesting, Alex, because in some, in a way, I always felt things very strongly and intuitively from when I was very young, but I, I didn't really pay much attention to it. And I was also aware that my um, great grandmother was had these incredible capacities of seeing what was going to happen in the future. And in a way, uh, from you know, in Russia, she survived through those capacities for a little while. And um, she also told my grandmother when the war started that my grandmother was going to be the only one who would survive and so and her father out of the seven children that she had. And she wow. would be 30 by that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was aware of that to some degree, but it, it kind of, you know, wasn't something that really connected to me in the way my family lived. They, you know, it wasn't something really talked about except as a mention of something that happened in the past that I didn't, you know, really connect to until later on in my life. But I had a lot of physical problems. I had um, psoriasis all over my skin, which was connected to my father and my grandfather. They both had it. Um, so, you know, people can say it's genetic. I had... Um, anxiety I had digestive problems where I'd end up in the hospital but more than anything I started getting back pain from when I was about 15 and by the time I was probably 2019 yeah 19 I was having major issues walking major major mm-hmm. issues walking and it had progressively gotten worse I had seen physios I've seen chiropractors, I saw kinesiologists, I saw healers, I saw massage therapists, you name it. Um, And there was really a moment for me where things changed and it was at the time where I was in the most, I was in agony, literally in agony, and I'd seen this chiropractor who was doing network, which is an energetic type of chiropractic, and I had seen him for about a year but at that stage, I think, and I got into his office, um, he'd heard about what was happening. And the reason I even went to him was because it was only a few-minute drive from my house, but I literally felt like I was leaving my body. It was just, you know, horrible. And when I came into his office, he looked at me and he just said, oh, uh, sorry, he came out to, you know, of where he treats people and he just sat next to me and he said, you know, um, your body's stuck. And I was like, yeah, I know that bit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> could you, like, what are you going to do about that? <laughs> <A> and <laughs> and uh, can you help me? And he was very quiet for about a minute. And then he went, no, I actually can't. Your body wants to be stuck. Go home. <laughs> and no one had ever told, said that to me. And I had really thought about it. I mean, I was enraged I have to say when I left the office you know and um, I wasn't feeling the pain as much in my rage (laughs) but at that point I actually made a decision and the decision was that I was going to heal myself I had been starting acting a lot around that time and we did a lot of meditation and a lot of kind of visualization exercises Mm -hmm. 
So I had no idea what I was doing, but I realized that I'm that what I was doing was unsustainable. I was seeing somebody five days a week for this pain by that mm. stage. And it just wasn't getting better. It'd get better, it'd get worse. You know, I was going round, round, and round in circles. And when I got home, it was just this this a full body decision, my, you know, my thinking, my feeling, my will, I'm going to heal myself. Mm. Don't know how. <laughs> so I started with literally with breathing with the pain as opposed to against the pain. And um, I, I also started counting backwards from 30 because that's what we did in um, in acting and because my mind was going crazy and I just needed it to be a bit busy. And then, you know, it occurred to me, and I, 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 I'm quite a sceptical person as well in lots of ways, and so it occurred uh, at that point I was like, you know what, I don't I kind of think there's something divine out there. I don't know if there is. Show me now. I want help now. And when I really said that with every part of my being, I felt this warmth just move through me. And because I had my eyes closed, I had this image of this gold light. And I thought to myself, oh, okay, something's happening. Something's going on. And um, then at that point, I don't know why it occurred to me, but this thought went into my head. Uh, I want to see my back. I want to know what's going on. And it was literally like this light went on and I could see my back as I had, as if I had this x-ray vision, which of course I got a shock at the beginning. And it was really this, you know, I saw the inflammation, the twistedness. And then um, I started, I kind of started with this, you know, why me victim feeling, but then it went into, I actually am really curious. I want to know, you know, how, how come I've got this, you know, and I'm 20. And I had gone through my share of trauma as well, I have to say, you know. And um, But what was really interesting, what showed up was my childhood, you know, and moving from Russia to Australia and not being able to speak the language, being bullied, how unsafe I felt, which is, of course, the lower back support. Mm. Um then I had, you know, um, an awareness of my parents and the conflict conflict they've been going through, which, you know, to me is very connected to the digestive system and the skin, mm-hmm. you know, and then it, there was the awareness of my grandparents and the trauma that they went through, my grandmother seeing her mother being killed in front of her to save her life at 13, you know, and all her brothers and sisters and, you know, going through the war for four, four years on her own as a young girl, my grandfather being in a Siberian work camp for 10 years for something he didn't do. And Mm. that had never been talked about really until I was quite older. Um, But for them, they didn't talk about it for 50 years. They didn't process it because, you know, you couldn't. And so I realised it was me both, you know, ancestrally I had taken that on and so had my cousins and, you know, and my brother and so on because we all had this fear of being ending up on the street from, mm. you know, and that's what my grandparents had gone through. So I realised that, again, had a major impact on anxiety, on digestive system, you know, on everything. And then I had this last realisation on that particular day or night that 
you know, I was one of those people that I was, I just absorb energy from other people. Right. You know, if I see them and I felt, and, and I did that from childhood and I felt they were suffering, somebody had pain in their knee, I talked to them, sit there and not know how I was doing it, but tomorrow I have pain in my knee and they don't have pain in their knee. Yeah. So I realized I have to learn, you know, what to do, how to protect myself from it. And then I fell asleep and the next day I wake up, my back wasn't twisted, 70% of the pain was gone. <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God, something's happening. I better not move, <laughs> you know. And, uh, <laughs> I think I didn't really do much for a couple of weeks. And, um, you know, after that, I've never really had back pain since then, you know, maybe twinges, you know, when I wore high heels for days and days, you know, in Europe. But right. not really, nothing like that. Um and, you know, I haven't had psoriasis since then either. Wow. I mean, digestive issues depend on, you know, processing whatever's <laughs> going on. Yeah. That's a constant thing to be aware of, you know, and what you're eating and how you're thinking and feeling. So, um, but, yeah, it's, um, so it's a work in progress always, <laughs> as <laughs> yeah, you would know totally. as well. Um, but, yeah, you know, I guess the the experience of tuning into someone happened literally the first time I saw someone after that. There were two things that happened that made me aware that I could even do that. Mm. The first thing that happened was that um, my ex-husband's friend came over and I was actually studying writing at that time. And she was a really fantastic writer. And so she, I remember her and I were you know, chatting and I was typing something in the computer and I turned around and all of a sudden I saw this vision of this big liver above her head and I started, you know, opening and closing my eyes and going, oh, my God, what is going on? Am I going crazy? And she and then uh, and she saw that and she said, is there something in your eye? And I just said to her, can I ask you a really weird question? And she said, sure. And I said, do you have liver problems? And People have to understand that I had zero awareness of any part of the body, what it did, because I, to be honest, when we were doing biology or anything like that in school, in my mind, I was like, I'm never going to use this. So why, why pay attention to this? This is not interesting to me. So I didn't. So I actually had no clue about what any part of the body did because I didn't think that that would ever be something I needed to learn when I was at school. So mm. um, so she said yes, and it was really fascinating again because the image changed and I saw her grandfather and I said to her, oh, was your grandfather in a concentration camp? And she said yes, and I said to her, did he have the same problem? And she said yes, and I said, do you have nightmares? Because the images kept changing and showing me. And I said, and she said yes, I do. And then I went into this whole history of her family that she didn't know. She had to call up her mother and her mother said, yes, everything in her said is true. And I remember both her and I were sitting there and she was about 25 at the time. And I'm, I think I was 20. And she goes, she just said to me, um, I think I've just learned more about my family in the last half an hour than I have <laughs> in the last 25 years. Right. And I don't know who was more shocked, her I. And at the end I said to her, God, this is so hard to say because I don't know. I actually have no clue what I'm talking about, but I feel like the issues that you're having with your health is in your DNA. Mm. 
And, and I'm thinking, what does DNA even do? I don't know anything about it. <laughs> this is how unaware I was. And um, two years later, she had tests on it and it wasn't her DNA. So it was pretty fascinating. And the other thing happened was my dad hurt his leg at work. Right. But my mum didn't know that. So um, she called me and she said, could you send some healing to your dad because he's in a lot of pain? And I was like, I don't know how to do that. And she said, well, you healed yourself, just do something. So I don't know what I'm doing and I'm trying to concentrate on my dad's leg and I see, so yeah, so I, I see a boat. So she says he's hurt his leg at work and I see a boat. I just keep seeing this image of a boat. So I call her back and I said, work or boat? And she said, no, he hasn't been on a boat, work. And I was like, okay, but I keep seeing boat. I'm just, I'm confused because, you know, I'm, I've never done this before and I'm just, I don't know what I'm getting. Anyway, about a few minutes later, he calls me and he goes, what are you doing? And I said, oh, you know, I'm just trying to tune into you and see what's going on and so on. And he's like, okay. And I said to him, have you been on the boat? Just for me, please tell me the truth. And he was like, yes, but please stop doing this on me. I don't want you telling your mom all this stuff. <laughs> so he had actually been on the boat without her knowing right. and had his leg there and <laughs> I saw it. So it was really funny for me. Um, but, yeah, from that, from those two experiences, I went, oh, my God, I want to learn this. Like, mm. what is this? You know, and it kind of started. Those are like incredible stories. Um, there's this real theme of intuition there, you know, where you, you, like you didn't know what DNA was or like you, you didn't know what your dad was up to or um, anything about, you know, your, your back and, and all those traumas that you'd kind of brought along with you and, and taken on from others. Uh, and yet you just followed that inner voice and that intuition that you had um, as those things were coming up. And I think that's a really important piece. And, you know, we may talk a little bit more about that um, later, but we we're taught through programming and culture that, you know, we, we don't follow our intuition anymore, you know, and I, I feel like there might be some listeners out there um, who might hear some of this and go, Oh, you know, I can't tune into other people. I don't have that ability. Um, but I think maybe all of us do have some of that ability within us. We just don't know how to listen to it anymore. Exactly. I've never actually met anyone who can't if they want to because, um, you know, I've guided thousands of people. And I remember, again, you know, just sharing those experiences. There was, a, you know, a man in France who came into my workshop and it was a six-day workshop at the time and, um, Day one where I'm teaching people to tune in, he puts up his hand and he's like, I'm not getting anything. I'm like, all right, cool. Um, day two, same thing happens. Day three, same thing happens. And I, I'm, I'm in the evening I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is driving me crazy because he's not even trying and um, I have to do it. Like I really have to find a way to, to, to help him tomorrow and, you know, because he's not helping anyone else either. Mm. so anyway the next day um I didn't even know that he was going to come and apparently he only came because he left something there he wasn't going to show up right so um anyway he comes and 
we I decided to do an exercise with people and the exercise was that they were going to look into each other's eyes and they were going to try and see beyond the obvious. And I thought to myself, well, I'm going to do this with him, even though he doesn't know I'm doing it. And so the first thing I remember seeing was this brick wall all around him. And I'm thinking, okay, he's not letting anybody in. And so then I thought, okay, I'm going to go beyond it because I'm asking people to go beyond it. So what's beyond the brick wall? And when I went beyond the brick wall, I saw his inner child and I saw him calling for his mother and his mother didn't come. And so he made this, you know, he created this wall around himself and this abandonment and rejection that just went on and on and on for, you know, for his life. And he was in his 40s by that stage. Mm. So I thought to myself, okay, I know how to help you now. And so when we finished, I said to him, I have a, before you say you didn't get anything, I have a question for you. And you need to answer that question honestly, because I actually know the answer. And I said to him, who has hurt you so much in your life that you've created this massive wall of numbness and um, of depression and suppression and you won't let anyone in? And remember, I know the answer, you know, and he started by saying, I don't know, making some jokes and I said to him, please don't waste any but my time and everybody's time, what is the answer to this question? And then I saw his eyes start to water and, I, and he said, my mother, and I said, okay, this is your lucky day because we're going to work on healing that. And so we went through this process where and I had, again, a translator. We went through, um, you know, I'd play the role of his mother and so, and he, you know, from the child part of him he could express and then, you know, the things that he had held on to and all the traumas and so on. And then I had every person in the course come and tell him something beautiful and lovable about him, you know, um, and he was he was saying, I feel like I'm flying, like I'm in ecstasy, you know. Anyway, after we finished that process, the next process was tuning into the heart. And after we finished in, into the other person that you're working with heart and so on. So when we finished that process, he puts up his head and I'm like, oh, no, not again. And he goes, no, no, wait, wait, wait. And he said, um, something amazing has happened. I've tuned into this lady and I actually saw her past life and she knew what her past life was. So I know that what I saw was accurate and I'm so grateful. And I was like, wow. Right. So we went from, I'm not getting anything. I'm not feeling anything. I'm not seeing anything. I'm not sensing anything to now you're seeing past lives after <laughs> a process of connecting to your own heart. You know, I was like, wow, you know, that's amazing. And so I, I realized that the heart is the organ of intuition, really. And the more open it is and the more receptive it is, the more we can tune in if we're guided properly. And what was really interesting also about this man was that he told me that he was contemplating killing himself wow. and he was sitting next to a radio. And um, he said the radio turned on by itself and I was on the radio in Paris talking about healing and he went, this is my last chance. Oh. And so he came to the workshop and he was, that's why he was so, like, this is you're my last chance, this is my last chance. And the next day after this whole experience of, you know, 
the healing that I've just described with him and the him tuning into this lady, I walked, he was the first one at the workshop and I walked in and the whole room was full of flowers, you know, and he just said, I want just, you know, I want to thank you for saving, you know, my life. And I was like, well, actually, I, I didn't, you know, I just, you did, you are, I'm just here to support you, you know, and it was amazing because from that moment his intuition just completely changed and it was like, becoming a different person Mm, that is amazing i just love that transformation between a brick wall and and then opens it up and i guess oftentimes like um those are the people who can have the biggest shifts um when there's so much resistance that's yeah wow wonder how he's going now how can we tune into our our heart space more i mean to me it sounds like we need to get out of our head to really be able to actually start to access this intuition? How can we how can we get into that space? Well, the first thing that happens, Alex, is that people are so disassociated, so um, don't feel their body, so they need to start to feel the body. And the easiest way to start that is actually through movement. And so, you know, they just need to start to, by shaking one part of the body for about 30 seconds, and then, yeah, stopping and feeling that flow of energy and then doing the other arm and then doing both arms and then the hip area and then just really actually going, let me feel my body, mm. you know, let me feel what's going on in my body. Let me become befriended. Let me just become aware of it, the sensation part of it, you know, just I, I need to feel what the sensation is. And then um, it's, placing your hands on that part of the body because we need touch. So the touch actually activates a capacity to connect with our nervous system and to create that link between the brain, the nervous system, and, you know, wherever we are holding that, you know, that part of the body, wherever we've got our hands, and then breath, you know. So I need to breathe into it. And it's as I'm breathing slowly and deeply, it's like I'm giving permission to allow that connection to occur, that energy to move. And then it starts with, you know, as we're talking about thinking. So I need to ask empowering questions. So, you know, what am I, you know, what's stored in this part of my body, you know, what, and I do it differently depending on what it is, who I'm teaching. So I might start with sensations and images and go, you know, let's see, let's tune in. And if there was a shape, what shape would it be? You know, just to get people a bit more in that intuitive place or if there was a colour, what colour would it be? Because I found a sequence that tells me what's actually going on with a, with the person just through colour and symbols, mm. you know, and they don't necessarily know what it is and actually don't want them to. And then when we put it all together, they're like, oh, my God, how did you get my whole life story from, you know, three different questions and colours, you know. So and this is a way that I try and give people that awareness that you, your body just tells you what's going, like your soul, you know, that's inside the body is just always telling you what's going on, but you need to learn its language, mm. you know. And so by how we ask questions, you know, like what are the thought patterns that could be stored in this part of my body that are blocking me? Mm. It's quite interesting right now with my advanced group, I'm teaching them about 
the depth of chakras, you know, and we're going from the front chakras, the back chakras and how they're interconnected. And so I'm also tuning into my own. And yesterday I was lying there, you know, in bed and I'm constantly doing it. It's an intuition is something that you've got to do constantly. Mm. It's a constant experience. It's daily, mm. right? But it becomes part of you. It's not a chore. It's a joy because you're like, oh, I wonder what I'm going to discover, and so, you know, I was working, I was tuning in and going, oh, wow, my, you know, my chakras are looking really good. And then I got to my heart chakra and it was a bit wonky, you know, with the energy that was moving in a weird way. And I was like, oh, what's going on here? You know, and um, it was quite interesting because, again, it was like, oh, thank you, thank you for showing that to me because, you know, if I didn't tune in, I wouldn't have a clue that it was, you know, that something was going on here because we're so focused out on the outer world. But because, you know, I've been um, working very strongly on understanding relationships at the moment, that's kind of been my big focus and its relationship with children and with, um, you know, with people in partnerships in particular, um, and so it's quite, of course, you know, as you're doing that, different questions show up and, you know, uncertainties maybe or is, am I doing this right or can I communicate better or, you know, how do we do this better and so on. And, um, you know, it was interesting to go, okay, cool. So now that I'm aware what is a process that I can do, you know, or you might be working on a part of your body and something new opens up because you've gone to the next layer, to the next level of depth. You know, it's like an onion, obviously, as we connect yes. to the body. But what I say to people is when you learn this skill, you're never depressed or bored because you're going, uh, one, I don't have time. There's so much to discover. <laughs> and number two, um, well, with depression, even if you have some uncomfortable feelings, you, you, you're always going, how do I befriend this? What's the wisdom here? How do I work with this? So you stop judging and you start being curious. Yeah, some of those questions you touched on right there, I want to explore, right? So get, let me get this right. I'm moving my body, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm really kind of getting some circulation moving. I'm getting myself back into my body. I'm taking some breaths, okay, and I'm putting my hands on the area of the body that I want to um, tune into and I'm asking some questions around what color am I feeling, you know, maybe what symbology is coming up um, and perhaps what is being stored in there that maybe I want to release. Um, so then let's say something comes up. I, I don't know what that might be. I'm thinking a lot of our listeners um, may suffer from... Um, can suffer from like lower back pain. Um, I've been sitting at this desk way too much recently. I have a bit of lower back pain, right? So I can put my hands back there and I can tune in and see see what's going on. Um, so then what are some of those powerful questions we can ask to then start to, uh, and what are some of those processes we can we can go through to then start to try and release whatever may be in that area? So um, that's a big one because there's quite a lot to learn about that as well to do it really, really well. But if we're beginning yeah. the process of it, we might, you know, so, so my big thing and what I'm teaching actually in my coaching online at the moment is that when 
that every part of the body has different things to teach you. And so let's say um, we're working with fear because I think that's something that a lot of people are dealing with at the moment. And fear can show up in my throat. It can show up in my lower back. It can show up in my hip area. And that particular emotion, depending on where it's showing up, is actually different. Mm. So what we've done is we've taken an emotion and we've gone, fear is the same everywhere, but it's actually not, right? And so fear in my throat is about me being afraid to say what I'm really feeling, which will then often create an issue in my digestive system, right? Because it's like, oh, I can't say, I can't process So when we eat, we process the food, right? So I can't process. So it will create a numbness here. And eventually it will create a weakness, which can, and the weakness, you know, because we're, when we start to understand that we're 70 plus, or I think it's way more percent water, you know, and blood inside the body and so on. So that information then gets moved through the body. But then it'll get moved, let's say it's moved to lower back, which is I don't know how to support myself. I don't know how to support other people. I don't know what to do. We're in chaos. I'm not sure what decision to make, right? So fear in that area is quite different, you know, and and it can also be based, it's very family-oriented. It's like what's my next step with my family? I feel stuck. So it's actually connected to a different type of stuckness and, you know, and and it's, you know, it's been pushed away. It's, you know, and if we start looking beyond and we're looking at the chakras, you know, which is connected to our astral and etheric bodies, uh, which are subtle bodies that we have, and we start going, oh, what's actually being held there? And we're looking at, you know, lower back. We're looking at kind of the sacral chakra and we're going, oh, that's interesting because that's all family and that's all childhood. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the fear maybe has been there from my childhood, whereas the fear in my throat could be connected to speaking to a specific person. So what people need to understand, not only, you know, what, what I'm trying to get people to understand is that generalizations don't work and they don't work because your inner being goes, it's too big. I don't know how to deal with this. You've got to break it down into little pieces for me, mm-hmm. you know, and so the little piece then actually makes you go, oh, if it's throat so let's look at the thinking. What's the thinking that's stored here? Oh, the thinking is that I don't feel safe to communicate with this person. Okay. So what, you know, so, so that then if I was to shift that point of view, I might go, what could be a way to speak to this person? What, what is the result that I want? And what is a way to communicate to this person where they are more likely to hear me, which requires thinking, right? Um, and then I might go with feelings and I might go, okay, I feel fear. So let me breathe through that or let me do a process where I'm moving energetically that fear out of my body. 
you know, there's many of those processes, you know, through visualisation, through energy, moving it out, imagining kind of a fire where you're putting it into. That's what I teach a lot of. Um, and you might go, okay, okay. Um, or you can shake your body, move. It depends where it is, really. But um, then you go, okay, I'm feeling lighter. So you might go, okay, so now what's the action? The action would be to actually go and talk to this person or write a letter to them or write an email or do something. Well, you know, I need to. So as I do the action, there is a release. So the action is to put a boundary up that is a healthy boundary. There's got to be some action. And that's what people also don't understand is that we, when somebody like Louise Hay wrote her book, which is over 30 years ago, I think, things were very different. You could think more and make changes, but we can't actually do that anymore. We have to think, feel, and act. We're in a different place. And so that's also why people get stuck and they skip a lot of steps to it. And what I'm also saying to people is to really get the story of what's going on in your body. You want to, you need to connect one to something else. So when I'm, let's say I'm working in the throat, I might say, these thoughts and feelings that I'm feeling here, where else in my body are they stored? And by, you know, depending on where else it is, that which I'll start to feel sensations in that part of the body, it actually tells me a much bigger story of what's actually going on. So it's fascinating. It's really, really fascinating about how the body creates these connections and goes, okay, so let's say again lower back. If I have throat and lower back connection, it's not the same and not the same process of working as if it's lower back and knee. Mm. Right, because lower back and knee shows me I'm really stuck in moving forward, and it's connected to a feminine or masculine aspect of myself that has been frozen or stuck in some way in the past. And until I really work through that and understand it and empower myself in a new way, it's going to continue to be stuck and show me and, and cause pain. You know, because I could lie to myself and think that I'm moving forward in some way, but I'm not because the body's showing that I'm not. <laughs> the body knows, doesn't it? It's given us the signals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's saying, hey, there's something going on here. Here's a little warning sign. Um, you talked a little bit there about if we don't address these things over time, they can manifest in more physical uh, symptoms and issues. How does that happen? And how long? I, I know this is a generalized question. You're going to say to me, Alex, it doesn't, it's not that simple. <laughs> but like, you, you know, if we, if say a trauma happens today and something comes up and then it creates this, this trauma within the body, how long can it take for that to start to manifest into physical issues? You know, is it like a, is it a weekly thing? Is it, a, does it take years for some of these things to, to manifest? I think it's, it, it, it's, it is a difficult question because it depends on the person and their genetics, let's call it, and their mm. capacity, you know, their, their inner strength. So, for example, 
with the generation of my grandparents, it took years and years and years. So my grandmother ended up dying eventually from um, blood cancer. And I, to be honest, was surprised. I knew 100% without any doubt she was going to get it because of what she had gone through because it was so obvious, so, you know, mm. leukemia. So by the time she got it, she was in her, you know, and, and it started to go full-blown um, attacking her it was when she was in her 80s and I was amazed that it took this long, you know. Yeah. But it, there was no doubt in my mind that she was going to get something like that because of all the trauma that she went through. Now, for somebody now um, who has a very sensitive body can show up within, depends, you know, could be weeks, could be months, could be, you know, very, very fast, could be, in you know, if it's a child, could be the child absorbs stuff, so it could be, you know, very almost instant with a child. Mm. And what part of our like energetic, you, you touched briefly on the different um, layers of the energetic body. Like what, what is it about the energetic body that holds certain traumas in certain areas? Like h- how is it that throat is, is fear of, of speaking? I imagine that it's kind of tied in with the chakras in some way as to certain areas and, um, you know, certain um, organs, I imagine, are, are tied to certain emotions as well. How does that all kind of work on an energetic level? How many months do we have? <laughs> but, um, We've got know, days, <laughs> you know, let's go. Just to, you know, like if we are looking at the chakras and I mainly start working with people with their astral body chakras and the astral body is actually, you know, in charge of um, basically our nervous system. It also has a big impact on our immune system and it's the body of my personality, my desires, what I like, what I don't like, how I like it, what way I like it, you know, and what I resist, you know, what, what karma I bring in from other lives, you know, into myself. So it's quite interesting whereas... The etheric body is more your life body. It's the it holds your physical body together, so it actually looks the same. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know, so every organ is you know. So, so if you have a, an operation, an organ is taken out, you still have an etheric organ. That's how people still have pain. Mm-hmm. Um, astral body is the body of pain and pleasure. So all sensations are connected to that body. Um, and it also kind of guides to what, you know, in terms of what is happening, you know, to how each part of the body works because it's so intertwined into the nervous system. Um, the therapy body is connected to your blood, so it's connected to your ancestry, right? So if we look at blood, it's like, well, we, we know, you know, it's like my grandmother's my blood, her family's her blood. So when there was kill, they killed her family and, you know, there was a trauma, it has to show up in the blood. How can it not? Mm. Right? It's ancestral. It's, it's uh, you know, affected by her, her, what's happened to her family. So 
Um, so it makes sense that the etheric body, which is the body of ancestry, you know, and which gives me, you know, it makes me look like my mom <laughs> or my dad or whatever, that that's also connected to my blood, mm. right? So it's quite, you know, um, very interesting when we start looking at that. Um, and actually makes the etheric body so it makes your blood flow. It's quite interesting to understand that. But... Yeah, you know, when we are looking at the chakras um, and there's chakras in the astral body and the etheric body, they function differently. So in the astral body, they're more, it's a lot easier. You know, we can go, okay, let's make a change and it changes. Right. Um, with the etheric body takes months, years to make the change, to imprint the change. And so the etheric body is the memory body as well. It holds all the memories and it's constantly sending the memories into the body, to the physical body to go, you know, um, it's like if we have the question why if every cell in the body changes within seven years, why if I have an issue seven years ago, I might have an even, you know, it gets worse instead of getting better seven years later if I don't do anything about it. Because they're very, and, and we talk about, you know, cellular memory, but it's actually, and I, I used to for a long time, it's actually more the etheric memory. It's the etheric body that holds the memory that sends it into the, the cells, mm-hmm. you know, and so that yep. the cells do what they're being told to do over and over and over and over and over again. So when we start to understand that, we start to go, okay, so if I start to work on the chakras that are actual body chakras, um, but I have to keep working on them so that they can impact the etheric body. But the etheric body is slow, really, really slow, right? Right. Because the astral body is really fast. So it's like when I've been taught this, people have said it's like the astral body is like if we're looking at the clock, it's the, you know, the big hand of the clock that ticks and Uh then the etheric body is the little hand, you know, and so you've got to do more work towards it. It's slower. And um, so, you know, that's why people say it takes 30 days, 60 days for a new habit to form um, because it needs to begin its, you know, let's call it descent into the etheric body, into the memory body for it to hold it. But, you know, and the etheric body is a body of cheer, a life force. And the problem that happens is that when people have a lot of fear and trauma, they actually start ripping the etheric body to pieces which then means that when they're trying to heal, it doesn't hold, you know, and so the, the healing process becomes very, very complex and difficult in those situations because we need the etheric body, so we need energy, but we need that part to be holding it. So it's quite interesting when we start looking at things and then we start breaking things down as well and going, what's the throat for? So even before going into chakras, I go into what is this, what do the eyes do? The eyes see, right? So when my vision starts to um, disintegrate, it's because I, I don't want to see something or I, I'm having difficulty see, seeing stuff in this life or in this world. Same with the hearing. I don't want to hear Things are, you know, it's quite interesting. I discovered the hearing part probably two, two and a bit years ago when I first moved to Queensland and I was with, I was with my ex-husband, um, or soon to be, and uh, he, 
you know, and I, and I remember I was doing major detox, cleansing, you know, fasting, doing all this stuff. And my, um, I think it was my right ear, I, it was just doing things I've never experienced and there were sounds going on. I couldn't sleep properly and I never had anything like this. And I was like, what is, what's happening? What's happening with this? And eventually I realized that I knew that the relationship was not healthy. You know, every part of me knew it, you know, I wanted to hold on, you know, because I loved this person. It was coming to an end. I didn't want it to end. I didn't want to hear it. Um, you know, um, it was painful. And so I was like, okay, you know, push it away, push it away. And the year's like, hey, I'm going to, you know, <laughs> I'm going to continue until you can hear it, mm. until you can become aware this doesn't work anymore. You know, this is unhealthy. You've got to let it go. You've got to move forward. And so I'm going to keep making those sounds like the, the bell is going to keep going off until you're, you've heard and you have no choice. You've got to do it. You know, and it was, again, fascinating that as soon as, you know, I internally started, not, not even um, separated, but started that process knowing you know, accepting it, it stopped doing it. And it was happening for months. Uh, mm. I was going a bit cuckoo with it, you know, and, yeah. and it was like, oh, my God, no, I don't want this. But, yeah, that's your inner being knows, you know. And so one of the challenges is that people, even myself, when we know, we don't want to know, we don't because it's hard, it's, it's painful to make those changes you know and so we just deny it and then it gets worse and worse and worse and worse you know and you know as we start to realize what is each part of body your body for you start to understand the throats for communication so if I you know if I don't communicate in a healthy way I'm going to have problems the neck for example is still connected to communication right but if I don't want to communicate and I push it away, I'm going to have pain in the neck. And so in our language, we even have that, you know, say he's a pain or she's a pain in the neck because we already know, right? Yeah. We know. I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to deal with them. I push it away, right? It becomes a neck problem. Totally. We know that when we carry too much stuff, it's like our shoulders get really tense. We start protecting our heart, you know, again, fear in a different way. And so, you know, we, we start to have heart issues and shoulder issues, frozen shoulders, all sorts of things because we're, we're frozen. It's too much, mm. you know, and I say to people, but too much uh, responsibility in the shoulders is not the same as the hip area, you know, because here it could be my work. It could be anything, you know, it's like too much work, whereas in the hip area it's not really work-related as much as family-related, you know, I'm, it's like I, I've got my child on my hip, you know, or my family member. I'm carrying them. I'm trying to, you know, take responsibility for them. It's quite different. You know, and that's why I said to people, when you have hip replacements, you really got to look at who in the family is, you know, you're trying to replace because it's too much. So it's always, you know, everything in the body is telling you a story, you know, when we're looking at the spine and we're looking at, the skeleton, it, this is, you know, this is who I am in a sense. This is my sense of self. 
it's it's almost like you know how I hold myself, how I move, you know, all of that. And um, when there's problems inside the bones, then your whole life is going into you know disarray because you know your body's going. Oh, I don't know what to do. You know, so I'm falling apart. Mm. Right? It's like this is my you know this is who I am in a way so it's it's fascinating when you learn about it because it's also very spiritually connected yeah I love that about the bones it's like there's that saying um you know oh he's spineless or she you know she's spine it's like they've lost sense of that deep inner knowing of who they are as a person you know and often integrity and morality yeah integrity exactly yeah yeah totally Oh, yeah, I love that. I'm just thinking about um, challenges that my friends and family have in their lives and I'm like, yeah, okay, that makes a bit more sense now, you know, yeah, all right, I'm understanding that a bit more. That's um, that's amazing. Just I had a question around the, the etheric body and the astral body. So is that, there's the physical body, is the, is the first kind of energetic body that isn't physical the etheric body? And then is it astral after that? Because there's like, there's different layers, right? Yeah. So the easiest way to understand it is that the etheric body is the copy of the physical body and it holds your organs together. And it's also your life body and it's also your memory body. And it, mm-hmm. and you look like your parents because of the etheric body. Mm-hmm. So whereas, you know, so it holds a lot of your genetics. So whereas the astral body is you know, my unique self, mm. you know, and it's your aura. So it shows up in different colours in your aura and different layers of the aura, you know, and so the astral body is my unique personality. So even though I might have taken some things from my family, I'm still not like anybody in my family. I have my own uniqueness. And so the the astral body is actually connected to your soul, to your own individual soul and individual self, which is why it also often will carry um, a lot of past, you know, you mentioned earlier about past lives. So it will carry anything that I haven't dealt with in my past life and kind of hold it there until the time comes that it decides that it's time for me to deal with it. Mm. Yeah, let's talk about past lives for a moment. So in a very literal sense, you said, you know, the etheric body is involved with, with the blood, right? And, and to me, that was a real, I don't know, sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm in my masculine and I'm like, I need like the, the physical explanation. And, and I like how you said that, well, if our great-grandma had physical trauma uh, in, in, in the war or, or whatever, um, maybe they were abused or something, if they had physical trauma, that would be impregnated into their blood and their being and that gets passed down that to me is a very literal thing um so how can we learn more about you know even our own past lives not just like ancestry um physical ancestry because i can join the dots there as to how they get passed down but for those listening and saying well hold on past lives you know what, what, what's going on here and how, how how do those things get passed on to us it sounds like through the uh, astral body to some degree yeah definitely I think the the best way to learn about it is through relationships. It's kind of like you'll meet someone and there's this feeling of I like them 
often instantly, or I don't like them, right? And or I know this person, I just know them, I just feel a connection with them, you know. I just I don't know how I know them, I just do. Or there could be talent or an ability that you had no idea you had, and all of a sudden it just shows up, like for me. That you didn't, you know, so for with the talent, I've done zero really in this life to deserve to have that talent, you know. It's not like I was trying to learn how to play an instrument from early on in my age and all of a sudden, you know, I became good at it. I, You know, there's nothing I've done to deserve that essentially. And so because it showed up and showed up in quite a developed form, even though I still needed to do a lot of work on it to refine it because I really believe you always do, you know why? Why am I? Why do I have this talent? And, and you know, and I've just it just kind of showed up. And it doesn't have to be that particular one. You know, I mean, people are good at cooking and they're brilliant at it. And I'm just like, oh my god, how did? I'll just watch. You know, <laughs> could be anything. People are great at singing. People are great at acting. I remember my first thought about past life. You know, multiple earth lives. Let's say it like that, because there's people who believe different things. Mm. Um, occurred when I was 15 and, you know, I had decided I wasn't going to do acting because, you know, I wasn't going to make any money out of it and I was not going to be poor my whole life. And so I felt I got into this really numb feeling and then one day, you know, I remember I had this book. It was called Born to Succeed and I was reading it and I opened it and I was like, I need a message. And, I, you know, and I put my finger on um, a line and I read it and it said, God wants you to do what you want to do. And that was like this thing for me. Well, I want to do acting and I want to do it so much, you know, but my friends think that it's the worst thing you can do and they want to do dentistry. And I think it's the worst job that you can have. I'd rather do cleaning than be a dentist, you know. (laughs) So it was like, you know, why? Why is it that I want to do this and they don't? Why are we so different? Why is my brother the opposite of me? But he's born, you know, been born to the same family, you know. And so that kind of started that exploration for me. Why do I believe what I believe, you know, and it's different? Why do people grow a different, you know, in different ways? Why does one person get sick and not heal and the other one does and they heal so quickly? And you know, um, so it kind of went into that exploration for me and also then when, yeah, like I said, coming back to meeting people. So I remember the first time I met um, one of my best friends who lives in Paris and it was like this insane experience where I had, you know, I had asked, I said, okay, I need a friend because I'm going mental, I'm going crazy here, I need a friend. So and then I remember I had been going past, he, he's a designer and um, like a couture designer and so he had this shop across the road. And why did he have a shop across the road from where I was teaching? And he just opened that shop at the time where I started teaching in this place. And so I was walking past the shop, I don't know, hundreds of times, never thought a thing. And then after I had asked, I think it was maybe a day or two later, the lady where, who I was working with had this big space for workshops. She had a shop and she changed her desk to face his shop. And all of a sudden I had this voice in my head. It was, you know, saying, you've got to go into the shop. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. 
don't even know how to speak French. Absolutely not. You have to make an appointment. So I'm arguing with this voice in my head. And then I hear it again, go into the shop. And again, I'm like, no. And then I literally saw myself, like I was out of the body, go like where my head was turned to this lady, Esther. And I said to her, Esther, I'm going into the shop to talk to him. And she was like, what? Don't talk to him. And she's like, why? And I said, I don't know. I need to go and talk to him. Mm. And she said, well, don't talk to him about anything spiritual. And I was like, it's fine. I could talk about clothes as much as I can talk about spiritual <laughs> things. And uh, it was amazing when I went into the shop. Um, it was like a knowing, like I've known him my whole life and, you know, and he had the same feeling and it was hilarious because he could speak English and Russian because oh he was born in Poland. And so... Um, you know, after half an hour, it was like we knew each other forever. And three, and and even though she told me don't talk to him about anything spiritual, three days later, I wake up in the morning and it was six a.m. and I have his face in front of me and I'm like, what? <laughs> and then I speak to him and he goes, did anything interesting happen to you in the morning? And I was like, yeah, something did. You, your face was in front of me and he was like, oh my god, that's so fantastic. I woke up early and I was trying to see if I could wake you up and then he was like you know what I can actually tune into you and I know everything about you and I was like oh my god now you're freaking me out and then I said to him hey let's have dinner tonight I'm gonna finish at seven and he was like hold on let me tune in he's like no you're actually not gonna finish at seven you're gonna finish at eight and I was like no it's gonna be seven and he's going you know what just when you finish, send me a message. And I said, well, I don't have a phone. He goes, oh, come on, we don't need a phone. <laughs> you know, and it was like this incredible thing where I remember somebody was trying to help him do some healing on him in Paris, in the same room. And he was like, I feel nothing. And then I was in Australia and I remember looking at the time and going, this is the time I'm sending him this energy. And then I called him and I'm like, what time did I send it? And he knew the exact minute. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, it was like when you meet people, you know, this is not possible. And then I remember because I was a bit about past lives. I'm, I, I don't like things that sound wishy-washy. Mm. And so I remember not long after we met, I said to him, okay, I'm actually seeing this past life with you, but I don't want to tell you because I don't want to influence you. So I want you to tune in and tell me what you see. And it was almost, you know, like the exact same thing that I had seen he told me. And I was like, okay, well, now this is, it's it, it's making me believe it. It's mm. making me believe it, you know, and um it's quite fascinating because there were other people that I'd met um, who had, again, had zero, and I mean zero experience with other lives. Mm. And, um, and, that, and I knew for me the second I'd seen them, I was like, okay, right, I know you. And it was fascinating because some of them didn't speak English you know, because I was traveling and doing in different countries. And, I mean, the stories, honestly, if I'd read it in a storybook, it, it wouldn't be as good as the things that happened where I was like, this is not possible. How is this possible, you know, that this is actually happening, you know, in real life with this person who five days ago didn't even know that there was a thing called 
past life because he's, you know, let's say Christian and he, you know, fully didn't believe in anything except one life. And now he's telling me what I'd already seen and I never told him, Mm. you know. Mm. So, yeah, lots of those types of things. Yeah, I I think we've all had uh, like um, experiences like that. We've all had those moments where you're just like, what, like, what is, how is this possible? You know, like you think of, you think of someone, you know, close to you and then they ring you like 10 minutes later yeah. or five minutes later and you're just like, how's that going on? So to me that, that shows that we have these connections from, from past lives or from previous earth um, lives, I think, as, as, as you put it, you know, yeah. and, and for me, it's understanding that like our soul continues on you know, after this physical incarnation um, in this very moment. And I appreciate there's lots of different religions and things around it, but um, when we have those moments, um, it just shows that there's so much more to this reality than we really, you know, are told or, or really, really know. You know, there's um, so much more to our perception and our experience and our connection with others. Um, so, yeah, I'm really glad you shared those stories. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and sometimes we also have to learn things about around, you know, those relationships because there's a lot of people who, including myself, have written about it and talked about a lot of around soulmate connections and things like that and soul families and I've learned a lot about it mm-hmm. over the years and it's quite interesting that there still has to be discernment and, um I remember having a conversation actually with um, a priest that's connected to Rudolf Steiner's work, which is called Anthroposophy, and I was talking to him around the time that I was um, separating from my husband and I said to him, he said to me, so what were the things, you know, you knew? Because when I met him, I knew that we had had past life experiences and the heaviness that I felt was very intensive. And at that time, in my mind, I felt like, oh, it's showing up because I need to help him and help myself and we've got to work through it. So it was quite fascinating. And I was talking to this priest and I was saying, well, you know, the reason, because he's like, why did you marry the person that you knew you had so much, there was so much pain and trauma there? And I said, because of the you know soul connection and because I felt like you know I had to kind of to work through it and he said well let me give you some really good piece of advice that I give to all people before they get married he's like if there's a lot of trauma a lot of heaviness don't marry that person he's like work out your karma from a little bit further (laughs) away he's like find someone to marry where it's new karma, you know, there's not so much or it's a lot lighter. You just don't go for the ones where it's really painful. That's not how it necessarily is meant to be. So I was like, ah, okay. Grace coming with the goods there. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, no, I I resonate with that too. You know, I think everyone shows up in our life for us to learn something. Um, And it sounds to me like what you're saying there as well. Some people may be there to help us learn a lot. Maybe don't marry that person, but still stay close with them. Yeah, explore it just, you know, yeah. <laughs> to make it more painful than it has to be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, lastly, just on on the past lives thing, I, I appreciate that we bring forward 
that that karma and we have those karmic bonds maybe from previous experiences here. Um, are there ways to be able to tap into that energy um, similar to how you talked about tapping into areas of the physical body before? Are there ways that we can try and intuit perhaps some past traumas that we've had in other lives? I think there's a few things, you know, to be aware of it. For example, karma, you know, it's called karma, you know, which is the result of things that have happened, you know, so karma is a result, positive or negative. Mm. We can take the negative out of it it's, and go learning, you know, it's a learning possibility. So I think whatever happens in your life in some way is a result of it. And if we can understand that, for me, it's it's not even as much understanding what's happened in the past as much as what what am I creating for the future because that's already past and I can only, and whatever the result is right now, I'm going to have to deal with it and see it as a possibility for growth, you know, because, again, this is a massive topic and I've researched so much of it and it's almost like where do you even start with, you know, explaining all the things that happen and how they happen. But what really fascinates and interests me is always about what what's our involvement in the future and right now I am creating my future my future lifetimes and but how I think, feel, interact with people and, you know, such a huge, and my health is totally for my future life is being created right now, you know, and even the weight that you are, sometimes it's connected to previous lives and you can, um, there's times where maybe this is an acceptance of yourself and it is for you to create a different body for the future when we understand things. And again, it takes a lot to explain it, you know, a lot of, a lot of work. Um, and I teach that in much more, you know, in very advanced kind of courses because I need people to understand the basics before they can start to understand how it's all connected and why we bring certain physical issues and why we're from and how they get transformed and so on. But it's fascinating. But the understanding is, okay, when these experiences show up from the past and it's constant, what is my opportunity to learn and grow from it? Mm. Is, you know, it's always the thing, what is my opportunity to learn and grow from it? And so when we are focused in that way, then life becomes a lot easier because I'm not constantly feeling like a victim and in resistance of what's showing up and whatever is showing up again and again and is challenging, there's only two things that it, sh- that it can be either ancestral or it's karmic, right? Mm-hmm. So it's ancestral because, look, everybody in your family has it, but then my question is why did I end up coming into this family? So for me to actually even come into this family is karmic, right? I have to, my mother and my father are 100% connected to my karma and so are my siblings. So I have to, so, so, so it's all intertwined, right? Because it's, it's kind of like I chose that family. So it took me years, I mean, years to, to have a positive understanding of my grandparents, 
And it was really when I was, because, you know, for years I was like, why did this happen to them? And, you know, they, they were victims and they haven't seen anything beautiful and amazing in their life and blah, blah, blah. I had this going on and on and on. And then there was a day where it was the 50th wedding anniversary and I was going to this Russian restaurant in Melbourne and I remember I was walking up the stairs and something happened to me where I couldn't see people but I could see their souls and as I walked in I saw my grandparents and I saw their souls it was incredible because they're you know and I literally asked her so why like and why did I come and you know why into this family with you and what I for the first time in my life, I think I was about 22 at the time, I realised that these people were the most courageous people, you know, that I could have a connection with. And they showed me the kind of courage I couldn't even conceive of in myself in this particular life that I've been living. And that what the reason that they were my grandparents was because in this life I was going to be challenged as I went along to show up courageously and that they had to, that I needed them to be examples for the times where I just wanted to hide and be little and be small and not do it. And then they were there saying to me, well, look at what I've gone through. Are you afraid of this? Come on. You know, and so in my whole life since then, you know, I've used their courage essentially to do, to travel around the world, to do everything that I've done to speak out constantly, you know, because they couldn't speak out, but they showed courage through the will, through survival, through what they did. And that, that gave me the courage to do what they couldn't do which is speak, you know. And then I looked at, you know, my birth and the fact that I was born with a cord around my neck and I know that clearly that that shows either, you know, that that's a choice not to speak or a choice where you're going, okay, I'm going to have to work at becoming, at speaking because that's what's showing up early on, you know, at my birth. So everything becomes very, you know, connected in the way of going, wow, you know, my family, I have a karma with them, you know, and I have, and, and, and how do I keep finding what's helpful to me and turning it around, you know, and that these people are actually have supported me in this journey, you know, of, of, of why I can do what I can do, you know, and, and so the more, the more you connect it, the easier it is and the more you understand, well, you know, everything is a continuation of the past, you know, and is also a repetition of it. So every so every seven years we have a repeat. I call it recycling. We recycle and go through the same type of things and have to face things and grow. It's the same with past lives, you know. So each time we do that, we, we grow and you know, the opportunity with every relationship is to go, okay, it's a difficult one, it's painful, you know, and, and I had a very painful one with my ex-husband, you know, at Austin to me. And, you know, I was like, oh, my God, I know we've had all these past lives together and, you know, and you, you didn't honour your agreement, you know, and I'm honouring mine and you didn't honour yours and, like, how does this work? 
you know, and then I spoke to really wise people and they were like, well, if you honour Jaws, then you're okay. He's going to show up in a different way for you in the next life. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot to understand, you know, and it's an opportunity. Karma really in past life is an opportunity and difficult people in our relate, you know, that we relate to is an opportunity to wisen, to grow, you know. And so, for example, my ex-husband, he came in and showed me how many areas in my life and in my being where I was empty because I, I, I didn't know that I should even connect with it. You know, I didn't have time for it. I didn't know it. I, you know, it was just blank. And so through him showing up, it gave me an opportunity to go, oh, this part is weak or empty or victimized or childish or this. I need to, I need to connect my the wise part of me to this part that is empty and, and bring it, you know, bring it with me and let's bring this one and then let's allow this one to mature and this one and this. And so I was like, oh my God, thank you. Without you, it's like accelerated maturing on so many levels. You know, was it painful? Yes. But without you, I wouldn't have done it at all, you know, because I would have just been like, oh, there's all these other things to do. But we come here to mature and refine, you know, so that ideally in the last next life we're not repeating the same. Mm. You know, it becomes a bit more interesting. Everything that happens in this life is a gift mm. and we sow the seeds now for our future. I just want to marinate on what you just said because that was just beautiful. Everything is an opportunity if we choose to see it like that. Absolutely. That was beautiful, Inna. That was mm. <laughs> so much wisdom in what you just shared then. Thank you so much. Um, this has been an incredible conversation. Honestly, I feel very honoured to, um, to have shared this last hour and a bit with you. Um, there's just so much, as you can tell, <laughs> to, to your knowledge and, and to the depth of it. Um, it's been a real, a real treat and I hope it's been a treat for those listening because I think your transmission has been really, really beautiful and I wish we had like, I feel like we need three weeks <laughs> to, to, to get, just to scratch the surface, you know. Um, thank you so much. Um, this has been awesome. Was there anything else that you wanted to add or share to wrap up what's been a beautiful conversation? I think that what, you know, what I feel is that we're at a time where a soul is thirsting to wake up to the spiritual knowledge. And in some way, we are also at a time where there is a war that is going on to suppress and push away and deny that wisdom of, you know, our soul and our spirit and who we really are, you know, into becoming more materialistic, more physical, more medicated. And I feel like we have to wake up and stand up against it and honour, you know, this amazing, amazing soul. And it's, it, it's almost like if we can understand sleep, it's the same. I go to sleep, I wake up. I, you know, I'm the same person. I might feel a bit different, you know, to how I felt at night, to how I feel in the morning, to 
time, but I'm still the same person. Multiple Earth lives is the same, except the sleep is longer, right? It's a longer experience. But whatever happens in, you know, in the spiritual world, it always shows up in the physical in some way to show us that, you know, this is, you know, how it, how it is, because otherwise it doesn't make sense. Why should we sleep? Why do we need to sleep? But we sleep because we need to return to that spiritual place, you know, to regenerate, to come back with some wisdom or strength or insight. And so when we see that the world is continuing, then we are much more likely to be courageous. We're much more likely to courageously connect and discover things, you know, and for those people who are interested in in learning more, you know, I'm always doing a lot of free stuff, a lot of free webinars uh, or masterclasses, we'll call them. You know, I'm posting stuff on my Facebook, on my website and so on. So, you know, just with your curiosity, just connect and start asking questions start asking deeper questions from your own soul from you know there's so many people who like myself who are who've spent a lot of time looking into this who are you know trying to go hey come on there's so much more wisdom here and so I invite you I invite you to go on a journey of self-discovery Beautiful. Um, you know, spirituality is just as important piece in our in our health and our overall quality of life as our physical health is and our mental health. And if we don't have that connection with spirituality, we're missing something. It's an important piece. It's regenerative. Mm, I love that. Yeah. If people want to find out more about you, um, where can they find you? What's your website and your social medias and things? So they just go to Ina Siegel, so I-N-A-S-E-G-A-L, inasegal.com or Ina Siegel on Facebook at the moment <laughs> um, yeah, uh, or Instagram. Hmm. But, um, yeah, if you go to my website, you can also join my mailing list. And so I'm constantly writing about different little things you can do or big things and tips and letting you know about um, events that are at the moment mainly online that are showing up and there's lots of, like I said, that, you know, start with a free one. You know, I'm always doing free events, you know, where people can just kind of go, oh, let me explore. What do you, you know, can I think about this? And I'm always doing um processes and all sorts of things there as well so that you can just start the journey you know mm. and um you have a couple of books as well right yeah so i've got the book the secret of life wellness and secret language of your body and lots of card decks and a new one that should be coming out and a journal that should be coming out this year and um hopefully i'll do some work on two books that i have wanted to write for next year but that's, that's something that I'm waiting to have a little bit extra time to get into a bit more. Yeah, cool. You've just put it out to the universe now, so it just may just may happen. <laughs> and a quick plug for your book, The Secret Language of the Body. Um, I read that book during my first nine-day water fast, and um, it was 
it was honestly, it was life-changing. Like it was the first real time I started to understand the importance of this work. And I did some of those clearing statements and was reading through all the, you know, physical areas of my body that I was having challenges with and doing the processes that you had in there. And they were just, they were epic. I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> um, so I really uh, recommend that book um, to anyone and it's also, it's kind of like a Bible in a way, you know, like sometimes I'll have friends come around and they're like, oh, I've got this thing going on. And I'm like, oh, hold on a second. <laughs> Go and grab the book. Um, and then I'll read some of the statements you have in there and they're like, oh my God, that is, yes, that's it. You know? Um, so yeah, really amazing book if I do say so myself. So thank you for putting that out there. <laughs> and look hard for the card deck because I, I think it might even be called the secret language of your soul um because it kind of I, i'm expanding and lots of things connected to your body in it as well so mm. hopefully it'll be out this year or sometime early next year awesome awesome well thank you so much for your time i appreciate it so much um thank you for coming on uh this episode and um yeah we'll see you soon great thank you thanks Anna. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a review and subscribe to stay up to date with the latest episodes.